English with Rob. Hi everyone, it's Rob, and I want to say sorry. First of all, I'm sorry that this podcast is coming to you a bit late. Normally, I put out new podcasts on Tuesdays, but this podcast is going out on Thursday. So, to all of those people who have just been refreshing their podcast app every ten seconds since Tuesday, going, "Oh, where is it?" Where is my English with Rob podcast for this week? I, I, I can't get through the day without it. If that sounds like you, I'm sorry.、Um, well, if that sounds like you, maybe you have some deeper problems that my podcast alone can't fix. But anyway, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm sorry that this podcast is late. To explain why. I'm going to use the phrasal verb of the week. Phrasal verb of the week. Okay, so the phrasal verb for this week is to let someone down. To let someone down. If you let someone down, it means you disappoint them. You don't do something that you promised you would do. Or something like that. You you say something will happen and you you don't do it. You disappoint someone.、Uh, I that you let someone down, and someone let me down on Monday. I was supposed to record a podcast with someone, but they let me down. Actually, let me down is a little bit harsh here because they did have a very good excuse to. A very good reason to not, you know, call me to record a podcast. They were busy with something else, which was fair enough. And to be honest, I let myself down with this podcast. I often let myself down because, you know, although this other person cancelled, I could have just recorded a podcast by myself, like I'm doing right now, or I could have done、uh, something else. Uh, on Wednesday, or you know, and also I let myself down by not recording these podcasts way in advance. Often I'm recording on a Monday night or even a Tuesday night to put it out on Tuesday before midnight. But you know, if I、um, was a bit more organised and I recorded these podcasts weeks or months in advance, I could then. Have my、uh, English with Rob jingle and phrasal verb of the week jingle singer, whose name is Maria Duque. You can find her on Fiverr. I could have her sing the jingles that I make for each podcast, but instead, I'm usually making the jingles on a Saturday or Sunday. No, yeah, Saturday or Sunday, and then recording the podcast on a Monday and then putting it out on a Tuesday. It, th- this is the way it happens. I, in, with my evenings, sometimes I make some video. Sometimes I, I spend some time with my wife. Sometimes I make a podcast. Sometimes I do some music. Sometimes I do all three in one evening, after the kids have gone to bed. If I did it all way in advance, then I wouldn't let myself down so much. But I'm not letting you down. Well, I let you down a little bit if you were. Expecting a podcast, if you were excited for a podcast on Tuesday, 
if you were excited for my podcast, thank you. Uh, I would be very impressed with me and uh, proud of this content. But I don't think anybody is that excited. I don't think anybody's checking their phone. When is the next English with Rob podcast going to arrive? When, when, when? I don't think that's quite... I, I feel that way about some podcasts. I feel that way about the Horn section podcast. Horn is spelled H-O-R-N-E because Alex Horn is a comedian and singer with a band called The Horn Section and they have a podcast which I really love and when I know there's going to be a new one available I keep refreshing my phone on that day until it's arrived. Does anybody feel that way about this podcast? I like to think so but probably not. Anyway, what have I got for you today? Well, I'm not doing the podcast which I planned to do because that involves a lot of things which needs uh, two people to chat. Instead, I'm going to bring you some interesting English. Ooh, 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 that's some interesting English. Ooh, ooh, that's some interesting English. Ooh, that's some interesting English. So yes, these are... I'm going to give you two things which are funny, no, not funny, interesting, like I said before, and the jingle said, interesting things about English, interesting features. And the first one I want to give you, I want to present to you, is portmanteaus. Portmanteaus. I'm not talking about the toes of a man who lives or works at the port. No, no, no. Portmanteau. It's actually a French word. Let's look at the French meaning first. The French meaning of portmanteau is a hook or a stand or something to put your coat on or your hat or your scarf on when you walk into a room or an office. If you have a coat, a hat, scarf, you look for a place to put it, maybe there will be a portmanteau. I'm not saying it with the right French accent. Portmanteau, maybe. I don't know. My French accent is not perfect. Uh, and neither does your English accent have to be. Anyway, a, so we use this word to talk about the words which are portmanteau words. And a portmanteau word is one word which is made by putting two existing words together to make a new word. Let me give you an example. The first example I will give you is smog smog. What is smog? Smog is smoke and fog. So sm from smoke and og from fog, put them together and you have smog. And this word is from the industrial revolution in Britain where many uh, coal-powered factories were working constantly and they put a lot of smoke into the air and then when that combined with fog maybe I should explain fog fog is when uh, you can't see very well because the it's like the clouds are very low the clouds are at the ground there is so much moisture in the atmosphere that you can't see very far this is fog you can say it's very foggy outside a foggy winter morning is beautiful. So there you go. Smoke and fog. Smog and smog 
is a portmanteau word, a portmanteau. Now, why do we use this word for hat stand or coat stand or hat hook or coat hook to talk about these words? Well, portmanteau, that there are two reasons which I've researched, which I found out. Portmanteau is actually a portmanteau because it comes from the French verb for to carry is porter and the French word for coat or jacket is manteau. So, porter plus manteau equals, what is it equals? Uh, égal, portmanteau. There we go. There is another reason which I found on Wikipedia and it, the theory is that there was this bag which was called the portmanteau and the portmanteau bag was equally divided into two parts, two huge pockets, so that it could go on the back of a horse and balance well with two equally sized pockets. And these two things, these two big pockets together made one thing and they called this type of bag a portmanteau. Port portmanteau. I'm saying it, this is the English pronunciation, portmanteau. Okay, and the first reference of it, and people aren't really sure if this was the coining of the word. If you coin a word, it means you invent it, you make the word. But one of the first references to portmanteau is in Lewis Carroll's book, Alice Through the Looking Glass, in 1871. And uh, there's a poem in there called the Jabberwocky poem. It's very famous. And uh, after the poem, one of the characters talks about why the poem is so strange. And he, he says, because there are a lot of portmanteau words in that poem. I'm not going to give you those portmanteau words which are in the Lewis Carroll Jabberwocky poem because they're not really useful words because people don't use them. But you can feel free to go and find the Jabberwocky poem. And uh, this can be your homework. Look and find out what those portmanteau words in there are. Okay, so I want to do a game. I know that there's nobody here with me to play this game with, but hey, there's there's you guys. You guys, the English learners, the listeners, you can play. What I'm going to do is tell you a portmanteau, give you some clues and give you some time to think about which two words make this portmanteau. Okay, are you ready? Here is the first one. Ginormous. Ginormous. If something is very, very big, you can say that it is ginormous. So, which two words make ginormous? That was my clock. Tick tock, tick tock. The two words are gigantic, meaning very big and enormous, meaning very big. Put them together and you've got ginormous, meaning very, very, very big. Did you get it? Well done. Okay, here's the next one. Something which is ha happening a lot during the pandemic, you might be able to attend a webinar. A webinar. Um, not in person, but over the internet, you can attend a webinar. So which two words make up 
webinar. Your thinking time is over. It's web, like the internet, people call it the web, and seminar. So a webinar is a seminar which happens on the web, a webinar. Okay, let's stick with computers and IT for this next one. The next word is malware. Malware. If you have, I'm not sure of the technical um, details of this, but I'm pretty sure that a virus is a type of malware, a virus on your computer. So which two words go together to make the portmanteau malware? I will tell you. They are malicious, malicious, which means mm, cruel. Malicious is an adjective describing someone who wants to hurt someone or cause um, a problem on purpose. You are malicious. So it's malicious and software, malicious and software, malware, malware. Did you get it? Here's the next one. This one I think is pretty easy. Maybe you've heard of it, especially if you've lived in an English-speaking country. It's brunch. Brunch. If you missed breakfast and you're hungry, you can have brunch. Oh, I said one of the words. I gave you one of the words there, didn't I? Okay. I should have said, when you eat at around 10 or 11 o'clock, this is brunch. Okay, so brunch combines the words breakfast and lunch to make brunch because it happens between breakfast and lunch. Here's the next word. What is, no, not what is, which two words make the word advertorial? An advertorial. So sometimes if you're looking in a newspaper or magazine, you might find an advertorial. What is an advertorial? No, I said it again. Which two words make the portmanteau advertorial? Here we go. I can tell you. Listen, if you want, there, is a, there are a few more. I should have said you can pause. You can always pause the podcast if you want more thinking time about what it might be. Okay, an advertorial combines the words advert or advertisement and editorial. And advertorials are those really annoying things in newspapers or magazines where, on purpose, it is made to look like an editorial. It's made to look like a regular article. It uses the same font as the newspaper or magazine, it maybe fills a page, it has a nice picture, but in fact, it's not an article, it's not an editorial, it's an advert, an advertisement which is made to look like one, to sort of fool or trick some people and um, it seems more trustworthy because you think it's part of the newspaper. Um, usually though, if you look carefully somewhere, you can find the words advertorial uh, because the newspaper or magazine have to tell you that it is an advertorial, otherwise it's fake news, man, fake news. Okay. Like I said, a few more left. Here is the next one. 
Which two words make up rom-com? A rom-com. My wife loves to watch rom-coms. It's a type of film. What type of film? It is a romantic comedy. Romantic or romance and comedy combine to give you rom-com, a rom-com. Okay, and here is the next one. Mm, this is too easy, I think. Hangry, hangry. If you really want to eat and you've wanted to eat for a long time, you might get hangry because hangry combines the words hungry and angry. You are angry because you are hungry, so you are hangry, hangry. There you go, a word with a huh sound at the beginning for some of you to practice pronunciation, hangry. Just two more. I will give you just two more. Uh, let's talk. Let's continue talking about eating. You might want to eat with a spork. You might want to eat with a spork. Which two words combine to make the portmanteau spork? Okay, I will tell you. It's spoon and fork. A spork. A spork looks like a spoon, but right at the end, it has a few, uh, what are they called? A few teeth or prongs, we might call them, to act as a fork. So you can have some soup and also uh, easily pick up some bits of pasta or something like that. A spork. Okay, here is the last one. A floorrobe. What is a floorrobe? It's something to do with clothes. No. Which two words make up the word floorrobe? Somewhere you might put your clothes. Somewhere you might put your clothes. Okay, floorrobe combines the words floor and wardrobe. In case you don't know what a wardrobe is, maybe you know the American words, American word. Americans call it a closet, or I suppose I would say a closet. Closet, closet. And a closet or a wardrobe is a cupboard in which you keep clothes. But some people, like me sometimes as well, by the side of the bed, I have a floorrobe. This is when you keep your clothes on the floor. So I might have some old socks, a, a jumper that I put on and took off. Uh, oh, jumper. Americans would say sweater, or they would pronounce it sweater. Uh, but I say jumper because I'm British. Okay, and yeah, there you go. Portmanteaus. That was some interesting English. Oh, you know what? There's one more thing I need to tell you. Sometimes these are called Franken words. Franken words, another word for portmanteau. And Franken word is a portmanteau or a Franken word because it combines Frankenstein and word. And you know, Frankenstein was a monster who was created with lots of bits from different people. 
Or, or I've not read it. Maybe he was just a head on a different body. So the two things becoming one. Hmm, not sure about that. Anyway, portmanteau, you might also hear them called Frankenwords. So that was some interesting English. Here is a completely different interesting English. Let's play the jingle again, shall I? Yeah. Ooh, 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 that's some interesting English. Interesting English. The next piece of interesting English I want to talk about is one word. But this one word actually means two words, and these two words, which this one word means, can be two different words, different combinations of words. Let me explain. Okay, the word is ain't. Ain't, a i n apostrophe t, ain't, and ain't can mean am not. It can mean is not. It can mean are not. It can mean have not, or it can mean has not. So all of these conjugations of be, of to be and to have, ain't can be any one of those. So, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to tell you a bit about the history of ain't, and then we're going to play, like before with the portmanteaus, we're going to play a little game with ain't. So, ain't. Something I should say about ain't is that it ain't a word, really. It's not in the dictionary. Some dictionaries do recognise that it is a regular part of speech, and they put it in there. But they might say something like slang. Or informal speech only, and yes, it's true. Do not write "ain't" in any kind of formal writing, in any kind of academic writing, or anything for work, unless you have a very familiar relationship with your colleagues or your boss, because "ain't" is informal speech, and there is actually a bit of a stigma attached to it. It's Um, how can I say this、uh, and be woke at the same time?、Mm, not woke, politically correct. It, okay, ain't is not very often used in high class or posh English. So if you are using ain't, you ain't posh. <laughs> I can't imagine the Queen saying ain't. That would be really strange to hear. But historically, it wasn't always like that. Historically, "ain't" was used in writing, in formal writing, and in literature. In fact, in the mid 1800s, you can find、um, in books by people like William Makepeace Thackeray,、uh, which is about、um, upper class people like Vanity Fair and. His characters often say "ain't," but it is true that they only do it in speech. But you know, it's a book, so it's mostly、um, reported speech or、um, is written as speech.、Mm, yes. So, high. But the the、um, uh, conclusion, which has been made from these 
books these usages is that it wasn't always uh, considered more low class or more common to use ain't. But now, for some reason, it is. Okay, I use it. I don't use it so often, but I do use it. Ain't. Okay, so here's the game. No, 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 no. <laughs> Wait, am I going to edit? No. I've decided I'm not going to edit this podcast at all. I've not... There have been no bits edited out. So far. There will not be any edited out. This is a... One that I'm recording by myself and I want to be quick about it. So no editing. You've got... What you've got, people, is the natural Rob. With mistakes. And thinking about what I'm going to say next. Or not thinking about what I'm going to say next and just saying something stupid. But it's all staying in. What was I going to say? Oh, yes. So, ain't, the etymology of ain't, where where it came from, is not quite clear. But, you know, it's a contraction. Am not, together, ain't. Is not, together, ain't. And you know, if you're listening to this podcast, I'm sure you know some contractions already. Like, uh, she is, she's, it is, it's. I am, I'm, we are, we're, all these, you know, a word with an apostrophe and then a few more letters to make a contraction, two words together. And those ones that I mentioned, there are more, like it'll, it'll be okay, it will be okay. These contractions have become accepted. They've become accepted and they are also not formal language. If you're writing something really formal, some academic text, you should not use contractions. But if you're writing an email to a colleague, you know, it's it's okay. It's not rude. It's not slang. It's okay in that context, but not in a, a, a job application or something very formal like that. Don't use any contractions, not just ain't. But anyway, all of those contractions, the contractions you know, became standardized, but ain't, for some reason, did not. And it wasn't always ain't, you know, am not was something like am apostrophe nt, is is not was something else. There were all different variations, different contractions, and they all became ain't, or other ones disappeared in favor of ain't. And, uh, I ain't got any idea why it's not standard. Maybe it's because it means all these different uh, am not, is not, are not, have not, has not. So it's not clear. Maybe this is why it didn't become standardized. I'm completely speculating. Okay, so here's the game that I have in mind. I'm going to say something which came up in Google... So I googled ain't, I googled all things like I ain't, it ain't, she ain't, we ain't. And I put some of the results that that it gave me. Lots of them actually were song titles, uh, names of songs. So I'm going to give you the song title or the phrase or something. And you have to tell me if the ain't, not tell me, you have to think, is the ain't am not, is it is not, is it are not? Is it have not or is it has not? Okay, are you ready? Let's start with, let's start with the only one which is not 
a song title. It's a phrase. In fact, it ain't. Okay, here's what it is. It ain't rocket science. It ain't rocket science. If you say something ain't rocket science, you're meaning it's very easy. Come on, look at this. We can put together this IKEA table. It ain't rocket science, meaning it's very easy. Actually, that's an idiom. Warning. Idiot. Warning. Idiot. Warning. It ain't rocket idiot. science. I don't know why the idiom alarm didn't didn't go off as soon as I said it. Strange. I, I think I need to uh, reprogram it. The idiom alarm. Okay. It ain't rocket science. Is not. It is not rocket science. So the ain't there is is not. Okay, here's the next one. A song. I ain't your mama. I ain't your mama. This is a song by Jennifer Lopez. You might know her as J-Lo. And it goes something like, I ain't gonna do your laundry. I ain't your mama. So, uh, by the way, you know, why, why can't, why can't the dad do the laundry also? Should be, I ain't your parent, no? Anyway, which ain't is this ain't? I ain't your mama. Is it am not, is not, are not, have not, or has not? That's right. It's am not. I am not your mama. I ain't your mama. Here's the next one. Let's see. Let's go with this one. U G L Y. You ain't got no alibi. You're ugly. You're ugly. How does it go? U G L Y. You ain't got no alibi. You're ugly. You're ugly. A song by Daphne and Celeste from 2000. U-G-L-Y, which spells ugly. You ain't got no alibi. And an alibi means like a reason to be ugly. Uh, let's also point out that this has a double negative. There's lots of double negatives associated with ain't. You ain't got no alibi. What they mean, what they want to say is you haven't... Wait. Oh, shit. I just, <laughs> just gave you the answer. Okay. Ignore this one. This is not the game. Editing? No. Straight through. Let's keep going. You ain't got no alibi. You have not got any. It should be you haven't got any alibi or you ain't got any alibi. But for some reason, this is a common thing in English. The double negative for emphasis. You ain't got no alibi. And actually, if you ain't got no alibi, it means you do have an alibi. So it grammatically makes no sense, but these double negatives are thrown around all over English and people don't care. <laughs> okay. So I didn't give you a chance to guess that one. I'm sorry. Here is another one. Which is this? Is it am not, is not, are not, have not, or has not? It's a song by Ariana Grande. And it's, you ain't my boyfriend. You ain't my boyfriend. You have to be careful because when you say that fast, it sounds like you ate my boyfriend. You ain't my boyfriend. <laughs> hey, 
You ate my boyfriend. You must have been really hungry. <laughs> okay, so you ain't my boyfriend. Am not, is not, are not, has not, have not. What do you think? That's right. It's are not. You are not my boyfriend. You ain't my boyfriend. Okay. Here is the last one I'll do of these. Uh, this is a song by Ice Cube. And it's called Ain't Got No Haters. Ain't Got No Haters. No one hates Ice Cube. He ain't got no haters. Is it am not, is not, are not? has not, have not. It's have not. I have not got any haters. Again, a double negative from Ice Cube. Ain't got no haters actually means he's got haters because he's not got none. So he must have some. Anyway, this is the way English is. I actually like it. I think it's interesting. Oh, it's it's some interesting English. Double negatives are some interesting English. Oh, that's some interesting English. Oh, that's some interesting English. Oh, that's some interesting English. Okay, there we go. What I'm going to do now is just give you some other uh, examples of ain't in songs. Most of these are songs. All of these are songs? Yeah, all of these are songs. So, Ain't No Mountain High Enough by Marvin Gaye and Tammy Terrell, 1967. Ain't no mountain high enough. Ain't no valley low enough. There you go. There's my Marvin Gaye singing. Ain't No Mountain High Enough. Also, Another double negative. There are so many du double negatives here. Here's another one. Ain't No Sunshine by Bill Withers from 1971. Ain't no sunshine when she's gone. Oh, that was, I'm sorry, that was way out of tune. And, uh, oh, one of my favorite films is Ghostbusters. And Ghostbusters has a fantastic song and I don't know if it's the name of the song or if the name of the song is just Ghostbusters. But in Ghostbusters, Ray, pa Ray Parker Jr. in 1984 sang, I ain't afraid of no ghost. I ain't afraid of no ghost. A another double negative. I hadn't realized how many. This is like a double feature of interesting English. We've got ain't and double negative. But ain't is often used in a double negative way. I ain't afraid of it. I'm not afraid of any ghost. I ain't afraid of no ghost. And here's one for my dad because he loves Bob Dylan. And Bob Dylan has a song called It Ain't Me, Babe. No, 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 it ain't me, babe. It ain't me you're looking for, babe. <laughs> Bob Dylan doesn't sing it much better than that. So, <laughs> okay. I can do a Bob Dylan impression, but I need a guitar, really. So there you go. And here's a more modern one, although actually this song is now... What? This song is 16 years old. Is that right? Five, 2005. Yeah, wow. Okay, Gold Digger 
by Kanye West. And I'm going to give you the radio edit, not the original version. I ain't saying she's a gold digger, but she ain't messing with no broke, broke. Do I need to explain that a bit? I ain't saying she's a gold digger, but she ain't messing with no broke, broke. So there we've got two in the same phrase, same line. So what is a gold digger? A gold digger is someone who goes into a relationship just because the other person has a lot of money. That's a gold digger. And if you are broke, to be broke, an adjective meaning you don't have any money. And to mess with someone, oh, there's a lot of different meanings of to mess with someone. Sometimes it means to joke with someone, to play a trick on someone, but it can also mean to uh, have some sort of casual romantic uh, relationship, to be messing around, to mess with someone. So I ain't saying she's a gold digger, but she ain't messing with no broke, broke. There you go. Yeah, those are some songs with um, ain't in. And I'm going to end the podcast today by playing you another song with ain't, my favorite song with ain't by one of my favorite bands, Weezer. And I confess that I'm not actually playing this live. Um, I recorded this um, yesterday when I realized when I thought, what am I going to make a podcast about? Okay, let's do some interesting English. And then I was looking at these songs with Ain't and I found this one and uh, I was like, oh, wow, that's one of my favorite songs. Even though my singing is not great, my performing is not great, I'm going to put it, at least it's at the end of the podcast so people can just stop right there and not and know they've not missed anything other than my um, terrible singing. The name of the song is Say It Ain't So, Say It Ain't So by Weezer from 1994, I think. Um, It's when the album came out anyway, 1994, the Blue Album, classic album. Check it out if you like your uh, indie rock. Okay, so let's explain. Say It Ain't So means say it is not true. Please tell me it's not true. Say it ain't so. And I'm just going over the lyrics here, which I have in front of me to see if there's anything I need to explain. Let's see, it opens. Somebody's hiney is crowding my icebox. So hiney here, I think hiney is like a a short version of Heineken, the beer. He's talking about the beer Heineken. Somebody's Heidi, sorry, somebody's hiney is crowding my icebox. So his icebox, which is full of beer, Someone's put some Heineken in there and it's crowding his icebox. It's overflowing. There's too much in there. Then he sings, somebody's cold one is giving me chills. And a cold one is another way of saying a beer. Hey, do you want a cold one? Yeah, I'll have a cold one with you. A beer. Hmm. Okay, what other lyrics do I need to explain? Um, At one point he sings the the start of the second verse uh, begins flip on the telly flip on the telly telly here is short for television and flip it on is another way of saying turn it on uh if you have a remote control and a verb which is associated with watching tv is flipping channels and that means to change channels but you can also say flip on flip on the tv flip on the telly okay what else oh yeah there's one lyric is 
Something is bubbling behind my back. Maybe you know what a bubble is, so some air encased in a round bubble. <laughs> um, something is bubbling behind my back. Something is happening. If something is bubbling, it means something is happening. But the reason I'm telling you this is because when it's sung, it's some something is bubbling. <laughs> okay, so it's, it's it's actually just bubbling. And you sh speaking of um, where words change for to fit a song, instead of say it ain't so, it's say it ain't so, whoa, whoa. So, so, whoa, whoa is actually just so, but elongated and with a bit of melody in there. Okay, are there any other bits which I need to explain? don't think so um but just to say you know when he's talking about somebody's hiney crowding his icebox somebody's cold one giving him chills it's it's metaphor it's, it's he's singing about something else but this is the visual image he wants to give us this bit is sung quite fast um this way is a water slide away from me that takes you further every day so he's imagining her the, the the woman, the girl he's singing about going away from him so fast, it's like she's on a water slide. This way is a water slide away from me that takes you further every day. I really like that line. Mm. Okay, yeah, I'm going to leave it there, I think. I think I've explained enough. You can, hey, pff, hey, we live in 2021. You can always go and Google these lyrics if you really want to follow along. And if you if you think, oh, this sounds like an interesting song, I recommend you listen to the original instead of my version. The original is with guitars and drums and bass. This is just me with the piano playing Weezer's Say It Ain't So. If you've listened all the way this far to the end of the podcast, I thank you from the bottom of my heart. And I'll be back next week, hopefully with a guest. Hopefully I'll do a live with learners soon also so follow me on instagram or facebook to know when you can come on the podcast and chat with me live okay so have a lovely rest of your day or good night if you're going to bed and um see you next time
fly away from me that takes me further every day so be cool Stevens awakens ancient fear.